Welcome to all my travelers out there. I am your host, Darren Beckett, and this is the Global Travel Podcast. For those who do not know my travel resume, I've been to 13 states, 15 countries on five different continents, but it is not about me. Here, we are giving you quality travel tips, insights, and recommendations on all the best destinations for ideas to enjoy your vacations. With that being said, sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. We are all clear for takeoff. gentlemen before we reach our destination make sure you guys hit the subscribe button click the bell and if you can do me a favor if you can go into the comment section below type in the words i got my ticket and at the end of the show i'm gonna come back i'm gonna respond to see how your experience went with us okay so with that being said on today's episode we are taking a trip to malaysia so make sure you got your passports your earphones and something to snack on we have a very special guest here with us today but before i introduce him let me just say this now, this individual right here has been to a ton of states and a ton of countries. He's been to 23 states to be specific and 37 countries. So if Malaysia is on your list, you definitely want to pay attention and listen up. Without further ado, let me introduce you to my boy, Marcus Burgess. What's going on with you, brother? Hey, good morning, Darren. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well, man. Thank it you is. for stopping by, showing some love, man. We, we no, definitely my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. having me. Yeah, yes, sir. It looked like you've been to some Asian countries, but because you know that's one of the things I picked up being in Asia. That had, were you in any Asian countries out of, out of curiosity? Uh, yeah, um, China. I've been to. I've been. I'd have to look at the list of names because you know after a while you just forget how many. But yeah, yeah. I, I've been to been to a few Asia. Yeah, 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 and that's one of the things I yeah. picked up. Uh, I was in Thailand. It's one of those things. You, yeah, you it's it's a whole little for you have your elbows in, you yeah. you bow down. It's like a thank you or or, or a hello or what have you. So it's yeah. depending on the culture you're in. Um, so that's kind of like what they do over there. But anyways, uh, before we get started into the travel, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What's your name? All that you you know your your IGs. Um, you know, hobbies, whatever it is. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you live, all that good stuff. Definitely, man. Well, you know, I'm Marcus Burgess, like uh, Darren introduced. Um, it's funny, he said, tell about myself, because I feel like I'm just, you know, a regular guy, you know, and, and, and segueing into traveling. Um, I like to use that kind of like as my tag to encourage people to travel and just let them know mm-hmm. that, no, you know, I don't travel for my job. My job isn't travel-based. Um, I'm not rich at all. Um, I'm just somebody who, you know, I work, I, I save, I game plan, and I travel. So that really makes it easy. And again, it, it lets people know that you can do it too, no matter what your, your salary is, no matter what your budget is. Um, I live in New York, grew up in New York, grew up on Long Island, live in Queens now. So um, the, the, the city slash suburban life, I've, I've known it my entire life. Um, I actually work in operations. Um, I'm, a, um, I'm a director of operations now for a community health center. Um, and fortunately enough for me, we work remote, you know, since um, the pandemic started. So that's kind of helped with my ability to travel because I can, you know, work globally. But even prior to that, from, from a traveling point of view, that's my number one hobby. Um, I, I love to travel. It's, uh, it's, it's mentally healthy for me. Um, I've taken a lot of mental health breaks just by traveling. 
Uh, I've gone through travel withdrawal before, so that's a that's a real thing for all of you that, that don't know. Uh, yeah, I just I just always like to like to travel and and to to maintain it, I just made a promise to myself about ten years ago, actually exactly ten years ago, that every year I would take at least three trips. Um, you know, at least two international, at least one domestic, and I've held true to that. You know, every year going on ten years strong, so that's that's pretty much what what I'm about. Yeah, that's how you get to 22 or excuse me, 23 states and 37 countries. So y'all definitely want to pay attention, take notes. You know what he's doing. And, um, now, let's see. Let, let's first start off in, you know what, we in New York, you in New York. So let's start off in New York first and then we'll hit a, a couple other states. But what do you recommend as far as our listeners and travelers do once, you know, we in New York? So New York, the thing about New York, you know, it's it's the melting pot of, I think it's pretty much established now the world. You know, you're gonna get so many different cultures, you're gonna get so many different individuals. So New York has has different, I would say different segments of, of desires for people. So obviously you have Manhattan. Um, everyone, almost everyone on the planet knows New York City, knows Manhattan. And um, the thing about New York is that the the way you can, you can transport yourself there's so many different ways there's there's subway systems there's um you know overground railroad there's the the bus system whatever so you can get to anywhere you need to go when you're in new york and and when you're in new york city the restaurants there's probably more restaurants than there are people in new york (laughs) so you'll you'll have you know a diverse cuisine anything for your liking you could find from an entertainment standpoint there's such a rich history in New York that yes, you have Broadway, you have your plays, you have um, Fifth Avenue, which is for you know luxury retail shopping and things like that. But what a lot of people don't know is that New York has a lot of walking tours. So a walking tour, it could be um, in their themes to it. So it could be a pizza walking tour, a cupcake walking tour, what have you. And in these walking tours, you just simply walk around New York City and then you'll stop at different areas that are historic. And then on the way, you'll grab a slice of pizza if it's a pizza walking tour or a cupcake if it's a cupcake walking tour. And it's not too expensive either. So if you're traveling into New York and you think it's just about nightlife and you don't know what you want to do during the day, then just simply book a walking tour. That's you know three, four hours out of your day. You learn a lot and then you get to eat some good food as well. So you know, New York City, that's um there, there's just so much to do there. Now, if you want to get away from like the hustle and bustle, New York has, especially during the fall season, some of the best foliage in the world. So you can take foliage cruises, you can go up to um, a place called Bear Mountain, which has a lot of good hiking trails, just beautiful foliage that is really picturesque, and picturesque, Instagram worthy, things like that. Um, and then just really now that, that technology and social media is big, you can just Google things to do in New York and you'll come across the things that I mentioned, but then just so much more, you know, museums, art galleries, uh, pop-up shops. It's the, the list truly is endless of what you can do in, in, in New York, not only New York City, but New York State as a whole. Yeah, yeah, I, I visited New York, and and with, with everything you're saying is very accurate. Uh, it is very, it's a nice city. You have your different areas. Your Manhattan. I was in Brooklyn and Bronx and all that. New York, New York, 
So yeah, it's definitely nice. And the food, it's endless food. The culture, mm. it's a lot of diversity, a lot of different foods you can choose from. It's like absolutely, you, you don't run out of options. <laughs> you Not don't run. And, and that's Not I'm a foodie. All. Everywhere I travel, I love to travel. I love to uh, try the, the the local cuisines. And then yeah. all, any any mom and pop or or hole in the wall, so to speak, non chains that you recommend folks to do. Like you got to stop here if you're in New York or wherever. Um, you know what? In in and you did say Brooklyn and for all you listen, shout out to Brooklyn. You, you guys uh, uh, don't, don't, you know, don't run up on me when you see me. From a mom and pop perspective, <laughs> there, are, there are so many that it's tough to just name one on the spot because there are sections in Brooklyn where the entire block is just that. Um, they, they actually started a movement. It's a, um, it's a social moody, social media movement. And I, I think the hashtag and, and I might have to look it up, but it's, it's shop Brooklyn, not Bezos. Um, and it's not a, a knock against Amazon, but it's saying that there are so many, you know, small businesses, small pop-up, you know, mom and pop shops that are in the area that, you know, give them a try, give them a shot. You know, the, uh, vintage stores, um, stores that are that are selling some retail things but you know people just decided to start their own businesses and it was a dream of theirs so um specifically ah shoot um it's tough to just name any off the top of my head and i you know i apologize but really everywhere you walk really in, in Brooklyn and places like Queens really in the boroughs you're going to find those little stores mm -hmm. that are your neighborhood gems um so so yeah and, and if if i come back for part two then i have a list for you guys but yep yep cool 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 much appreciated so new york was fun y'all know how new york is you definitely got you know ways to travel got your metro and whatnot taxis and then if you want some good food new york is the place to be great foliage you, you know you got different seasons if you like the four seasons they get the four true seasons so new york hmm. is the place to be of course i'm sure we all know that now now take us to another let, let's let's definitely uh head out of new york what other state would you like uh, that you recommend that you think we should travel to so and since we we talked about foliage one thing that that i really discovered in recent years is just our northeast region of the country how beautiful it is in september september and october so vermont and new hampshire guys if if you can just google vermont or New Hampshire foliage, just Google that, look at the images, and the images that you see, some of them may be filtered, but a lot of those are actual authentic pictures of what people post when they show the foliage. That's something where I would tell anybody on the world um, to make a bucket list to actually come and see yourself. Um, and for those of you that don't know what foliage is, it's when the seasons change from, um, from summer to fall. And the, the temperature brings about the different color leaves. So your oranges, your, your, your dark reds, your burgundies, um, your greens, just the mix of those. Whereas it can be as, as, as closely described as a dark colored autumn rainbow as possible. There's so many vantage points that you see in Vermont, um, in New Hampshire. So the, the number one place that I know is called Stowe, Vermont. There's a lot of bed and breakfasts out there. Um, there are a lot of hotels that are out there that you, the thing about it is you do have to book at the right time um, up to you know, a couple of weeks of advance because there's peak foliage seasons and peak foliage times. But when I tell you, if it wasn't on your list before to go to Vermont, 
or to go to New Hampshire for fall foliage, you have to do it. And then if you don't want to take my word for it, like I said, just Google it and, and look at the images that you're guaranteed to see if you pick the right time. And it's going to be something that if you're not inspired to travel to see different things that you're not used to, a trip to Vermont or New Hampshire during fall will definitely inspire you to do that. It's just un unbelievable, breathtaking, awe-inspiring, spiritual, everything like that. You'll, you'll definitely see it doing that. Yeah, and that's, that's definitely something to all my my travelers out there that are in California. We, we, we I'm in California, so we don't really see too much uh, four seasons, especially in Southern California. At that, we pretty much get like summer. And we get some we get some foliage and whatnot. It's it's not as beautiful probably as the Northeast. Uh, definitely not, maybe. But definitely Californians definitely hit up the Northeast area, East Coast, you know, the foliage and the right time is probably what, September, October to go to book a trip? Yeah, the end of September, early October. And from year to year, it can change because the thing about it, you want a specific weekend and that's, that's how crazy it is. Um, so, you know, September 28th through 29th, one year, the next year, it could be October 10th and October 11th. Um, but they really, it, it's so deep that they have professional meteorologists who dedicate them, themselves just to do um, predictors on what time is the best to go and, and they have peak percentages and so on and so forth. So it really, it's an industry all in of itself that, you know, again, you just really don't hear about it when you think about travel. When you think about travel, you think New York, California, Paris, um, you know, England, so on and so forth, or Vermont and New Hampshire. <laughs> Foliage, fall season, um, and foliage for those of you, F O L I A G E. I'm telling you, please, if you don't do anything other than subscribe and comment, Google <laughs> fall foliage in Vermont and New Hampshire, and you won't be disappointed. Man, now I feel like I need to go, man. I think I think that's something that's on my bucket list now. It wasn't uh, Vermont, I'll be, uh, well, all 50 states. It's on my bucket list, but I think you didn't move Vermont up on that list. I I, I definitely need yeah. to go in the se late September, October time. So I'm, I yeah, definitely I got that noted, definitely noted. Now, uh, okay, cool. So uh, we've been to Vermont. We've been to the Northeast region. That's the time to go is during the the, the fall time. So late September, sometime in October, early October. You yep. definitely want to try that. They even got meteorologists and all that scientific stuff. And they do all that just to make it special for you. So you definitely <clears> want to look into it. Look at Google it. Just look at the pictures and whatnot. If that doesn't inspire you, like Marcus said, then um, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. But yeah, so uh, that, that whole region was fun. Marcus, where else you got us going? What, 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 what's the next state on our list? Um, I, so I would say, um, my, my, I have family in Colorado mm -hmm. and, um, you know, a lot of people know Colorado, the, the state nickname quote unquote is the Rockies because of the Rocky mountains. Um, though, those, you know, beer drinkers, Coors, you know, Coors beer is, is based out of Colorado and the Rocky mountains are something that are almost as close as picturesque as foliage in Vermont and New Hampshire. I mean, it's, it's, it's not as beautiful, but it's something that is awe-inspiring if you've never seen snow-capped mountains before. Um, you know, a snow-capped mountain, it's one thing to look at a picture of it, but it's a whole nother story to actually be there and see it up close and personal. So Colorado, it absolutely has them. It has some of the best ski resorts that are, that are out there in the country. And it's not necessarily where you need to be an avid skier. You don't need to know how to ski, but some of the resorts that they have, where they have the ski lifts, where they have the fireplaces, where you bundle up and you go have your, you know, your hot chocolate, 
um, you can definitely do that. And just from a just from similar to to New York, from from a, a metro point of view, Denver is like a metro city where you have number number one, you have your sports teams. Um, so you have the the Denver Broncos, you have the Colorado Rockies, you have the Denver Nuggets. So you can go to a to a stadium, you can go to a sports game. Um, in downtown Denver, that's kind of like the city part. Mm-hmm. where you have a lot of different restaurants. There's a there's a huge Southwestern influence, huge Mexican influence in Denver. So there's very, very good Mexican food. Um, they have exotic meats because of the, the big game hunting there. There's actually a restaurant, the Buckhorn Exchange, which serves a lot of exotic meats. Like your, you know, um, I could, I don't know if they have kangaroo, but you know, your kangaroo, your rabbit, your turtle. And don't, guys, don't, don't freak out. I'm, I mean, I like to try different things. And I know with, with COVID, you know, the rumors have been coming from eating the bat. I, I get it, but there's a lot of good, good game meat out there that, that's very tasty. So Colorado has one of the, the best ones in the country called the Buckhorn Exchange. Um, and then just really overall, if you're if you're into cold weather in different seasons, it does snow a lot in Colorado, so that's why some of the ski resorts are so good. But the summertime, it also gets pretty hot. Um, and I I don't know if any of you can relate to this statement, but when I went to uh, one of the years that I went to Colorado and just really looked around and just soaked in the atmosphere, I said this is a really clean place. And I know that that sounds funny to some people, but you can really tell how, you know, the, the public service from a, a sanitation, from a, a street level point of view, it's a lot different from New York. Um, so I don't know if it's like that just everywhere, but it was, it was very clean. So I recommend Colorado to go to as well to visit. If it's just for seeing the Rockies, just going to a sporting game or going to a ski resort. Yeah, yeah, definitely Colorado's on my list, to be quite honest. Uh, I think that for you skiers and, and, and snowboarders out there, that, that may be a place to go, of course. And then, of course, you can try, you know, different sporting events that they got going on, whether it's basketball or baseball or what have you. They also have some different, you know, different foods. So try out different foods, try out the local foods. Even if it's something you're not used to, definitely try it out. Try, I always try to recommend folks to try out the local cuisine. So that makes sense. And so now we, we visited a, a few places in here in the United States. We have a little ways before we get to Malaysia. But Marcus, what is the, the first country we stop into? What do you recommend us to go to first? So first country I would recommend, um, and it, 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 is, it is funny because out of the 37, a lot of the trips that I've I've gone on, when people will say, "What's your favorite?" it will be very hard for me to answer, just because there will be certain certain meanings behind different trips. I would say, from a, you know what? Let me look at the history of this planet, of the world. Going to Egypt was really, really groundbreaking because, similar to what I just said about going to Colorado and looking at the Rocky Mountains and snow-capped mountains. When you wake up in the morning and you look out and you see the Great Pyramids of Egypt and you see the Sphinx right across the street from you, right in front of you, there's nothing that can duplicate that that feeling, um, you know. And and it it was just amazing to know that these structures are here for thousands of years. Um, you know, they still don't know how they were built and so on and so forth. But for you to be able to get up and go see them and and go in them. Um, that's something that I, you just can't duplicate that, that feeling. Um, another place that 
I just simply didn't expect. And I did it as like an inside joke for, for my family and friends was a trip to Russia that I took. So what I would say about Russia, Russia is amazingly beautiful. Um, okay. From a quick question. Quick question. Yeah. Let before we hit to uh, Russia. Let 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 because I, I know some folks want to know some more uh, things about Egypt. So we got the pyramids. We got the Sphinx. Uh, what is there anything else to like try as far as to experience or any food that you would recommend in Egypt? Yeah. So to try it. So Cairo, the 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 pyramids and the Sphinx are are in Cairo, and the Cairo Museum is is world famous and it has a lot of that history, but. There are, um, for example, Luxor, Luxor, Egypt. It's a it's a quick quick flight, quick trip from Cairo, and that has the the outdoor quote unquote museums that just have all of those main structures that you're gonna see in 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 your books and you're gonna see in movies, things like that. So you have to go to Luxor if you're somebody who wants to see the full history of of Egypt in a single destination, probably even more so than Cairo. Again, Cairo, you're going to get your pyramids, you're going to get the Sphinx, but for all of those structures, for all of those hieroglyphs, for um, just a lot of the tombs, so on and so forth, Luxor, L-U-X-O-R, you're going to want to go there. Then from a resort point of view, if you're somebody who just really likes the beach and, and you want to travel, you know, don't think Egypt is solely, you know, desert type of climate. If you go to Sharm el-Sheikh, there's a marina there. Um, that is something that you want to go. It's not like the French Riviera, but it, it is a marina where you're going to get that that beach life. You're going to get those those you know those boats and those 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 docks and things of that nature. Where you're really going to enjoy that vacation, where you just get to lay out and you get to tan and you get to go on the beach and you don't really have to worry about the hustle and bustle of the city. Um, so Cairo, Luxor for your history and for your your historic things. Sharm el Sheikh. For that that relaxing type destination, beach type vacation, and then also Alexandria in um, in Egypt as well for more history. So the just the museums, the museums there are and and actually everything there. When you go to one of your local museums, I know for me in New York, for for those of you in other other states that actually have an Egyptian section. Um, you're, they're getting all of that stuff from these places, from Luxor, from Cairo, so on and so forth. So to get it in its most authentic mm -hmm. form, obviously, that's where you're going to want to go. And then from a food point of view, um, what I would say, they're, they're big on desserts. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't think they had a, a, a sick, or at least in my experience, I didn't come across a signature Egyptian dessert, just like entire spreads um, of, of sweets and treats that, that you would have. And they would just be just amazing. You would, you would want to hurry up and eat your main meal to get right to the dessert. <laughs> um, so from a, from a food perspective, you have that. And then you have your local markets and your, your local shops where you can get souvenirs. I got some of the best souvenirs ever in my life going to Egypt. One thing I will say is that there are people who aren't used to haggling um, and haggling is if if there's an item that you want and you see it for a price that you don't want to pay you ask if if the, uh, the the merchant or the owner can bring the price down in Egypt there are a lot of places where there's no price at all on any of the wares so it's a haggle from start to finish and there are times where it just gets exhausted 
you're like, I don't care if you overcharge me. Just tell me what the price is so I can pay it. Because right. I just don't want to do the back and forth anymore. Um, right. so it, it, it can get exhausting. But, you know, again, it, at the end of the day, when you look back on the trip and you look at some of the, the souvenirs that you brought back for yourself and some of the gifts you brought back for others, it's worth it. You know, it, it, it's worth it. Just just be mindful mm-hmm. of that. Um, so yeah, that Egypt, Egypt, Egypt was a, a great trip. Very, very, mm-hmm. another spiritual trip. Right, right. So for those folks who have Egypt on their list, you definitely want to go because it's not just about the, 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 the pyramids and the Sphinx. There's other things you can explore. They have a marina, they have a beach type atmosphere. They have different, if you're a pastry type of person, they have different pastries, all kinds of pastries that you can just try something different. So definitely try out Egypt and it, it doesn't sound bad. It's definitely on my list. Uh, if you like history, like culture, you definitely have to go to Luxor. If that, if I'm pronouncing that yes. correctly or not, I don't know. Yes. Oh, but you know what I'm talking about. So yeah, you definitely want to try that out and it's it's a lot going on in egypt just fun doing russia um so i i broke up just a little bit i think you uh wanted me to transition to russia yeah 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 yeah. we finally yeah we out of uh egypt now we we landed in russia so what are uh, we, we off the plane what do you recommend us to do or see anything in russia so russia and this is um this is where it gets <sighs> kind of on a lot of people's minds um, with the initial thoughts of, okay, why would you travel to Russia, especially during this time? So the the racial divide, I would say. Um, Russia is for an African-American, from my experience personally, Russia was wildly intimidating, um, extremely intimidating. Um, you know, it, it, it would be where I, I remember one, t- and, and also there is nothing in English at all. So the ATM, you know, they have an option to select different languages. None of them are American. Um, luckily there is a United Kingdom option, but there's no, ang- there's no English anywhere in Moscow. And I say anywhere as it's definitive, I wasn't there that that long or that many days to know it. But from my experience, there was no English anywhere. Um, so you really, if you're gonna go there alone, have some travel experience to be able to know, okay, you know what, let me let me get my bearings about me. Let me stop moving, let me gather my thoughts and let me think, think my next movement through. Because if you're taking public transportation, you can get lost because some of the letters are like symbols out there and it's, it's tough to, um, to understand. Um, asking for help, English is not a second, third or fourth language in most cases. So it's gonna be tough to get the help that you need, um, direction, so on and so forth. So if you go to Russia and I do recommend, I, with, with all of that said, I do recommend it, always have guided tours for everything. And then if you're gonna venture out yourself, just make sure you've already pre-mapped out your, your destinations and things like that. So a guided city tour to Moscow is, is definitely, definitely essential if you're gonna visit there because you're gonna to get to go to the Red Square, 
You're going to get to go to the Kremlin. You're going to get to where currently now is, is Putin. You're going to get to go to where his building or his office is. Um, you get to go to some of their shopping centers. You get to go to some historical um, some historical sites that are very historic. Um, some things about Napoleon trying to invade Russia and um, a location there where they strategized to fight against him. A very, very, very cool stuff. Um, and, and when I was saying about how beautiful it was before, how intimidating it is, you truly respect it. And just walking through, through Moscow, you see why Russia and the United States are superpower rivals. You can see why they're, you know, they're neck and neck in, in terms of wanting to, to be the number one nation on the planet. It's wildly intimidating, but it's it's also wildly beautiful, and you respect it so much because again, you you can see it, you can you can feel you can feel feel the tension, but it's I really I really 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 respected the place just for seeing what I saw, and again, there's nothing political about it at all, um, nothing that is saying oh you know he's he's praising Russia and, you know, you know, the conflict we had, nothing like that at all. This is just from a traveling perspective and knowing all of the places that I've been, I've never felt as comfortably uncomfortable as I was in Russia, but not to the point where I was fearful for anything at all. So I don't, I don't, I don't want to put that out there, but it was an amazing place to visit and to go to. Um, they did have a McDonald's, <laughs> a pretty popular McDonald's. So, you know what, if you, um, if you're struggling out there, you know, you can just, just run to McDonald's, but Russia is known for, so one thing that I can say that they're known for, just from a, a retail perspective, Russian vodka and caviar. So caviar was was in, in so many different stores that I went there. Um, you know, they sell it by the way, um, expensive and, and inexpensive, but it's definitely something you want to try. And then just some of the, some of the vodka, you can go on, if you, if you happen to drink vodka, they have vodka tasting tours that you can go and you could just really taste the difference in the authenticity of a lot of them. But um, yes. And then of course the Red Square and the Kremlin, which are those buildings that everybody sees that have the, the giant um, like balls on the top of them and, and the top shapes like Hershey's Kisses. Um, just that section to go and, and get your pictures and, and, and for your memories and things like that, you'll never forget it. So surprisingly, yeah, Russia, I, 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 was, I was wildly impressed and, and I was respected and appreciated. Nice. Yeah. So what's the weather like in Russia? What, 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 what can folks expect? Is there a better time to go in some parts of the year than others or what's that like? Yeah, there definitely is a, a best time. When I went, um, it was it was freezing. It was it was absolutely freezing. It was cold. That's um the location of Ru Russia is a military strategy. It's funny I mentioned about Napoleon. They actually used that strategy when they um when they defeated Napoleon on how cold it gets. Um, I went. Hmm. I forgot what month I went, but I would say just like just like um really anything else, the number one thing that you want to do when you travel, or one of the top, is to just Google the weather, um, the weather and 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 climate and just precipitation levels for when you are traveling. So Russia, hmm, 
All I can say, and I, I'm, I'm all for in the months, but their winter, if you're not going there to experience winter, then go with a different time because it's going to be below freezing temperatures. It's just, it's just going to be wildly uncomfortable if you're not somebody who wants to experience the cold because it's a cold that you, you don't really experience anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if Russia's on your list, you definitely want to take advantage of it. You definitely want to Google the, the weather, see what that's like. First and foremost, that may be a little important, especially for us California folks who complain when it starts to get to 60 degrees. So uh, if you are interested in some good food, they, they do have uh, some different food. We have caviar for those folks who are interested in caviar. And uh, we have some other things that you can try out there in Russia as well. And if you like history, history buff, take, definitely Absolutely. take a, a walking tour or, or a guided tour in general when you're in Russia, especially if you're by yourself. That's something uh, if you don't speak any, you know, the languages, you only speak yeah. English or a language that's not spoken in Russia. You definitely want to do a guided tour because everything is, um, you don't really have too many options in English. But you do have a UK option, uh, which is, I guess, close enough. And so, yeah, Russia is definitely put on your list if it's not already. And then, of course, you know, black folks, don't be afraid of it. Go ahead and experience it. Try it out. You never know. It might be something you actually like. So, yeah. Now it looks like we are officially, officially landed in Malaysia. So we are off the plane, stretching our legs. We are ready to hit the ground running. So now that we're here, what is like the first thing you recommend us to do in Malaysia? We'll be here for a little bit. So uh, take your time. Yes. Yeah, so um, I went to two locations in Malaysia. Um, first, I went to Kuala Lumpur, which everyone calls KL. Um, Kuala Lumpur is is the the city the city part of Malaysia that you're going to want to go to visit if you are traveling for a vacation or if you're going to want to travel just to um, just to go to a location that you're you you've been interested in trying because a lot of people they travel there they go for the Petronas Towers um, the Petronas Towers they're they're like I would say you know like they're they're tw- they are twin towers. And they are breathtaking to watch at night. Um, some of the most famous skylines in the world are Malaysia, New York, um, uh, Dubai, so on and so forth. So just that skyline with those towers lit up and just really just bursting up from the ground, it's, it's an amazing sight to see. They are an amazing sight to see. So when you're going there, you know, obviously you're, you're going to see them. Um, and then the best things to do when you go there are to book restaurants in some of the hotels that have high floors and they have the restaurants designed specifically to be on a high floor. So when night comes, you get to, you get to get that view of the Petronas Towers. You get to take your pictures by there and they get to raise the price a little bit of, of the items on the menu because you're also going to be paying for, for the scenery and you're going to be paying for, you know, just, just the view of those towers. Mm-hmm. Again, it's something where a lot of people don't know the name of it when they see it or they're like, oh, I saw those somewhere. Simply Google them and just look at them and say, oh, wow, yes, those are beautiful buildings. They absolutely are. And again, it's something that, or they are something that when you do get there to see them up close, you're, you're pretty amazed and you're satisfied with your trip just from that, just to have those memories of saying that was a location that you went to. But you get the experience of actually going inside of them and going up to the top. 
Um, so they do have a tour that allows you to go in there. And one thing I, I do want to say about tours and guided tours, it's the most foolproof way to enjoy the experience of a foreign land that you're in because you really can just put your hands up and put your feet up and just let a professional or a local or someone take you through everything where you really don't have to worry about anything. So from that perspective, mm -hmm. a guided tour, yes, you can do these things yourself. You, you know, of course you can go to the Petronas Towers and you can pay the entry fee and you can go to the top. But when you do have someone that is there to just walk you through everything that is encompassing it, um, how, how it came about, um, just different facts. And to know that you have the comfort of, of, a, of a specific safety that you don't have to worry about getting lost or anything like that, I would recommend doing a guided tour um, You know, on a lot of different travel sites. They offer them, um, Viator, Expedia, so on and so forth. So check those out. So the, the, the Petronas Towers are amazing to go to. For me personally, Malaysia has, from a shopping point of view, and this might be the, the New York in me, as the best <laughs> Chinatown outside of China that I've seen for shopping. Um, when I tell you the, the, just the, the, the bags and the scarves and the wallets and, and those of you who, who know what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. some of the best quality stuff you will ever see to the point where I would fly to Malaysia to do Christmas shopping in their Chinatown solely for that. Wow. Um, the stuff is so impressive because of their, their location um, to, to you know, China or to the different areas that they can, they can import these goods. Um, and it's just an entire block or an entire strip for you to go shopping. Um, so for those who are in, 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 have been to New York who know your, your Canal Street or your, um, your, your areas like that where you do your shopping for your, your quote-unquote designer bags and your, your mm -hmm. things like that, Kuala Lumpur, Lumpur's Chinatown is worth it in and of itself if you're looking for that. And when I tell you, again, the wares are, are absolutely phenomenal, definitely check those out. Um, and then just from a city life, because they have um, ride sharing and, and they have, um, you know, just different public transportation options. Kuala Lumpur is very easy to get around. There are a lot of different markets and a lot of different stalls where you can go. And, and one thing that I did and, and one thing that I really enjoyed was just a strip or a street that just had all of these outdoor restaurants. And they were big on things like different seafood and, and just different options that I never had before. You really go to all these different markets and you just sit there and you just, you just eat and you just enjoy things that you haven't had before or a lot of common things that you've had. And the, 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 the atmosphere is bustling. So it's, it's similar to something like being in New York or being in a, um, in a metro area where you know you're going to have you know, high traffic areas, you're going to have shopping malls, you're going to have um, those restaurants, a uh, big restaurant scene, you're going to have your entertainment, you're going to have clubs, karaoke bars, regular bars, nightlife. Kuala Lumpur has all of that and it's very um, American friendly. The people out there, they do speak English. So it's not really hard to navigate the, the, the city at all. Um, when you go to your boss, a lot of them is catered in the entertainment. It's based on popular American music. 
So you're going to have your local music, but you're not going to feel out of place if you are traveling from the States and you're going to go out for nightlife. You're going to see it. And then just the different culture that's there, you're really going to appreciate it because there's that, that, that Southeast Asian type culture that they have there where the fashion is going to be very similar to what we see over in the States, but then you're going to see some, some, some different local outfits and all of it is going to be merged together to give you a truly unique experience. Um, one thing that I that I would say when it comes to staying there, there are so many different hotels to go to that you can really take your pick. But and this is this is actually a general statement, and not just for Malaysia and Kuala Lumpur. This is just a general statement. My my thing when I travel is that I have to know that my hotel is a good hotel because when something breaks down when you're in a foreign land. You want to be able to make sure that the place where you're, you're sleeping and you're resting your head is a place you can stay from start to finish and be completely comfortable. Um, you can order into or out for, for room service. You can have your luggage there and you know it's safe and secure. You could have a safe deposit box and you can have a concierge that can give you exactly the places to go that are safe and that aren't safe. Um, international travel there's just a lot of uncertainty to it, especially when you're not from the region. So to have a good concierge, and um, and I'm saying this because I had a great concierge at the hotel that I stayed at in Malaysia, could just recommend everything for you, not only to do, and what you shouldn't do as well. Mm -hmm. So um, again, in KL, that was just a great place for you to go um, to get that view over the Petronas Towers, to go shopping as well, and then just to see the, the, the city life as well. The second place in Malaysia that I went to is called Langkawi, mm -hmm. and that's the beach destination of Malaysia, or one of the beach destinations where you're going to go, and then you're just going to really relax and enjoy your hotel because a lot of the hotels there are beachfront hotels, or places where you can go and you can just wake up you walk out to the beach and you just see beauty. You just see just amazing weather. You see beautiful sunsets. You see beautiful sunrises. And you just get to really relax and, and, and kick back. So I, my experience there was on the two fronts. It was the city life in KL. And then it was Langkawi, which was, uh, it was just breathtaking. Because uh, in the hotels that I stayed at, I stayed at a St. Regis and I stayed at a, at a, a Ritz-Carlton. And um, kind of segueing back to my travel experience again, those are two of the most high-end hotel, you know, chains from from you know the Marriott that there are. But I'm not a rich guy at all. You know, I just have a lot of loyalty points because whenever I go, I make sure I stay at one of these places to accumulate my points. So I end up not really paying for anything. But when you go to these hotels, they're they're naturally going to be good because of the brand. But in a place like Langkawi in Malaysia the beach destinations where when you're either alone or when you're together with your friends and you say, okay, well, you know what, we've, we've been to Miami, we've been to, um, you know, Puerto Rico, the Caribbean, Aruba, so on and so forth. Where else can we go on the world? We want to pick up a, a unique passport stamp, a unique experience. Mm -hmm. Langkawi in Malaysia is a place that you should go, you should visit because of the beaches that are there, because of the experience that you're gonna get from the people, um, the authentic foods and, and, and fruits and things like that. You're gonna experience that in Malaysia. You're gonna experience a comfortable time 
where you're not really worried about some of the, the, the common issues that you can run into, um, pickpocketing, um, just typical you know crime, if that's something that you are worried about. You're really carefree when you're in these regions, more so than Cali versus KL, because again, KL is city life and, and mm-hmm. cities anywhere are gonna be the same. But when you go to Langkawi in Malaysia, you're, you're gonna be able to experience just, just tranquility. Now, if you do wanna do certain things, um, they do have, um, there are, are cable cars to, um, a, a, there's a, a, a mountain, a mountaintop where there's a sky bridge that some people may have seen pictures or images of it before, but there's a sky bridge that you can, you can walk over um, and you're gonna get a huge picturesque type of view, panoramic view of just, of just nature, of just beauty, of just things that you really don't expect to get, or you're not, you're not focusing on, on your trip, that when you get it, you say that the trip was completely worth it. Um, and then around the Sky Bridge, there's a huge statue of, um, it's, an, it's an eagle that, again, it's Instagram worthy. It's something that you're gonna be able to go to, get your pictures of it. And I know the way that, the way that I view social media, I feel it's important because it's an archive. It's an archive of what you've done. And when it comes to traveling, you're living the experience. So you're always going to have those memories just organically from being there. But when it comes to capturing and then really paying it forward to, to show the world and show people who are similar to you that, you know, hey, check this place out. This is what's here. And you can do it simply by looking at the pictures that I posted on social media. That really extends our community, you know, our global imprint. Because a lot of people that I would say, yeah, I'm going to Langkawi, Malaysia. They say, number one, where the heck is that? Why are you going there? What is there to do there? Now, everything that I could explain to you, I can show you in a picture and I can just post it to my social media. So I love social media for that. Um, I, I truly appreciate locations like Malaysia where you can go to show individuals, okay, yeah, in, in one second, you're dressed up in, in dress pants and, and slacks and you buy these two skyscrapers. The next picture I see, you're on a paddleboard on a beach with a beautiful sunset. Is that the same place? Now that opens up these conversations and like the conversation we're having now and this podcast we're able to really talk about these places that you, you don't really see on, on popular lists. Because again, one thing I said before, you know, New York, California, um, Paris, um, you know, London, so on and so forth. Yes, you know, Mexico, Cancun, Tulum, you know, Costa Rica, places like that. Linkawi, Malaysia, huh? Where, where is that? Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, like where? Okay, now I'm gonna show you where and why and how to get there. Um, so I just truly, truly appreciated going to Malaysia as, as a couple of different you know, purposes, or for a couple of different purposes, a couple of different reasons. Number one, to experience the Patronus Towers, which is, is it can be like a bucket list thing that people wanna see. Um, Patronus Towers, Sears Towers, the Burj Khalifa in, in Dubai. Those are the structures that a lot of people, if they're gonna build a, a, a collage or portfolio, you're gonna want that in your portfolio of experience that you've been to. But in addition to that in the city, you're gonna get that shopping that I mentioned in, in their version of Chinatown. 
you're going to get the, the city life and the popular life and, and all the different foods and things like that to, to eat and experience and just the people and the nightlife is there. That's an experience you're going to want to check off. So Kuala Lumpur is going to give you that. And getting around the city is very easy because there are, are several different ride sharing organizations that are there that you can use just, you know, with your phone. Um, Langkawi, right. you want the beach destination. You want to be able to go and just completely relax for a few days and do nothing and just enjoy your locale. And Cowie is there. You're going to get great weather and you're going to get beaches. But if you want to step out and say, hey, you know what? I, I want to do something. What's unique here? There's a sky bridge that you're going to be able to walk across and get panoramic views of just pure beauty in nature that you might not see anywhere else. There's a structure of a, of, of a golden eagle of a statue where, again, it's another picturesque type of, of um, you know, structure that you get to take and you get to memorialize and, and not only your, your, your memories and your brain, but on any page you have, any photo album that you create to say, this is where I've been, this was a unique experience. Um, so you, you, really, you really can't beat a location like Malaysia because the options are vast you know, the options are, are close to endless in, in terms of where you're going to stay. You're going to feel safe. You're going to get some local culture um, and you're going to get the options to do really anything you would like, whether you want to go out and party or whether you just want to, you know, kick back and relax. But it is absolutely a place that you would want to visit. I loved it. I appreciated it. If somebody asked me, would I go back? The answer is absolutely. I would go back a few times. Um, so yeah, that was that was really Malaysia. I, I truly enjoyed it. So out of everything that you enjoyed, it sounded like quite a bit. It's a lot to do in Malaysia, man. I I, I can't even digest everything that you just uh, handed to us. But I mean, you know, we here. We 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 got a lot to do, which is good. We don't want to be bored, stuck into the hotel. So you got us out right. here just moving around and running. So yeah. what is what is your favorite thing about Malaysia? What did you like the best? Um. So the. Huh. The best, and I think some travelers can can relate to this. Malaysia gives you that opportunity to um, just sit back and reflect on on your life, you know, for whatever reason you're there. Um, I do know some people travel to get a break from from work. You know, work is is vigorous. Some people they just like to go out and travel and have fun. But you're in a, when you're in a location like Malaysia, and and really a lot of places in Southeast Asia, there's there's something there that I don't know if it's the air that you're breathing. I don't know if it's how friendly the, the locals are to Americans, um, especially to um, you know, African-American Americans. Um, I, I think, well, I know that has a lot to do with it. You just really get the chance to reflect on a lot of things. And you know, no matter what mood you're in, it could be something where you're, you're trying to get over, you know, a tragedy or something like that. I've experienced, you know, all of these things in my travels. Malaysia was something that brought out some, some tranquility and it brought out some just, just serenity from the trip and just, just from being able to, to kick back and just look at a sunset and just really just appreciate, you know, your life, life itself. And, then, and of course, you can look at a sunset or you can have a, a tranquil environment anywhere. But again, there is just something about Southeast Asia and, and something about Malaysia when I went, it really just kind of brings that out of you. There's like a huge spirituality there. So that is my number one thing that I appreciated. Number two, low key, 
was that that shopping <laughs> it was it was really something that i just wasn't expecting um there were a couple of people like my, my grandmother in particular she was pretty happy that christmas um so uh so yeah so it, it and again i was in kuala lumpur um yeah i just i just really really enjoyed that because it was again it wasn't anything i was expecting um and then me just naturally, because Malaysia was, it was, I was already in my high 20s, you know, low 30s by the time I got there. So my, my travel acumen, my travel regimen was already at the level where, you know, it was pretty proficient. Mm -hmm. So the, the other things that I would say for those people, let's say Malaysia is your first country or your second or third country. Those tours that I mentioned, those guided tours, those walking tours is really going to open your eyes to why you shouldn't want to travel. And Malaysia is going to show you so much, whether it's in the city, you do it in the city to be able to see all of the architecture of the buildings, the towers um, in just a local area or if it's Lankawi, just to go through, go to the Sky Bridge, take a trip. You know, they pick you up from the hotel, take you to the Sky Bridge. You're going to be amazed because you've never done anything like that before. See the structure of the Golden Eagle and be able to, to go get a you know picture there and experience that and then go to your beachfront hotels and things like that. You're, you're really, really going to appreciate the environment that you're in and you're going to get an experience of, you know, the same experience as me, different experience as me, but you are absolutely going to get an experience from a place like Malaysia. Mm -hmm. Now, with all that being said, is there anything that you disliked about Malaysia? Um, no, nothing, not a thing, not a thing. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I know that, 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 you know, it, you want to have something to, to give somebody to, you know, when they listen to this and they go and they say, oh, he didn't say anything about that. But um, truly, no, Malaysia, Malaysia was was it was fantastic. It was great. OK, yeah, it was it was it was great. It was better than what I expected. Okay, so what what type of traveler is it? Is it for like your your solo traveler, your your group travels, your your romantic travels, uh, honeymoons and stuff? What what type of vacation is is it for all of the above, or what do you recommend? All 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 the above. Um, cause solo solo, obviously going to Kuala Lumpur, that's the city. So as a solo travel traveler, you can do. You can do everything. You can go to your restaurants. You can go to, to a bar or karaoke bar or somewhere, the nightlife. You can go solo. That's that's not a problem at all. Um, you can do your shopping, like I mentioned, my, my number one thing. You can take, uh, you know, go inside the Patronus Towers and, and take a picture of that. From Linkawi, if you want to go and you just want to have a self-reflective trip um, and just relax and chill out by yourself, you can do that. Um, you, you, as a solo traveler, if you're not used to it, you may be more, you may be more bored in Langkawi by yourself, just because it is more of a beach tropical destination versus Kuala Lumpur. You're, you're not going to be bored at all because that is the city and the city life is bustling, but it's something where it can give you a lot of self-reflection and there's enough to do from, from the things to see, like the guided tours, so on and so forth, to be able to maintain yourself if you're a solo traveler. Um, honeymoon, absolutely. Langkawi, destination, because of the high-end hotels that are there and the treatment that you would get from the staff who know that it is your honeymoon, they will take care of everything that's there for you. Again, go out right to the beach. Um, the water is great. Then you can go into the different excursions that they have um, and, and just really celebrate yourself there. And you're not going to 
feel under, you're not going to feel it's an underwhelming honeymoon because of the luxury hotels that are there on the beachfront. So you'll be all set. So any, yeah, any type of, and first time traveler as well, those who are nervous and, and they're in a foreign land, again, they do speak English in Malaysia. So you're, you're fine for that. And the people are just extremely nice. Very, very nice, very accommodating. So you don't need to be intimidated by that. After you're there for a day, day and a half, I think you you you'll exhale and say, hey, you know what? I'm I'm doing it. It's it's not that bad. So yeah, and all of the above that you mentioned, Malaysia would be good for, I would say. And it sounds like it's also safe because there's a lot of uh not just solo travel uh, travelers, but women solo travelers. So it sounds yeah. like it's also safe for the women solo travelers out there too, because some cities and countries we don't really recommend too much to travel for women uh, solo, but you know, there's others, you know, who are, who are safer, like Malaysia sounds like they, they, that's a pretty good country to start off with, especially if you can do it as your first trip as well. So Malaysia, it, it sounds real good. I, I definitely, it's on my bucket list. Matter of fact, it sounds like it has to, I, my list is so long, man. I keep <laughs> shuffling and moving them up and I'm like, I, I don't know how we're going. I can't get to all of them at once. So uh, that you know what? <laughs> yeah, that's what, and that's what, that's what this podcast is for. It's, it's until you get there, you get to experience it through others. And then we just, we take it from there. And then we just keep building up the locations and the places. Bingo, 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 bingo. Yep, well said. And so now is there uh far as, is there anything? Oh, you, you, I'm assuming you left from New York. How long was that, that flight about? Uh, so that's, man, you know what? I'm sorry. Don't quote me on it. It's, it's at least 12 hours, at least. Okay. Um, and it's probably more, but I, I want to think something's telling me to tell you 16 or 17. Um, it's far, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's far, um, from a cost perspective, and that's another important thing when it when it comes to traveling. Some people can't do that time period because of anxiety or, or something like that. It has to be broken down, but some people can't handle like the, the layovers. Mm-hmm. Me, I love getting a long layover, so I'm fine with any destination. I'm fine being on a plane, like a plane is like my second home. But it is a long flight. And like I said, I want to say 16, 17 hours. Um, and more than likely, the more affordable flights are going to be broken up with, you know, one or two stops. Um, really, 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 if you're going to travel that long, you haven't done it before, huh? really seek out counsel from people that have traveled and just get their point of view on everything that they've experienced so that you know what you're getting into. Because if you're five, six hours into it and you have another, you know, 10 to go and you're not making it, it can get really tough up there. So, um, you know, just, just take that into consideration highly. Thank you so much for asking me that. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. And another important question is, do Americans, do we need visas or vaccinations or anything like that other than a passport? No, just just to go to Malaysia, just a passport. Um, mm-hmm. Now, due to the world that we're in, who knows how it's going to change due to the pandemic. Um, so now I'm pretty sure there are um, a lot of submissions where you have to do a, a, a negative COVID test to be able to get into the country, or there might be some extra steps. When I went, you just simply needed your passport, but that's that's wildly, 
wildly important because I do have a, a, a visa horror story. Uh, that's for another time, but always look into the entry requirements. Malaysia, you didn't need any shots. You didn't need any medical exams. You didn't need a visa. Um, you just simply needed your passport and then you were good to go. Good. That's, that's what I like to hear. Because some places you need, you know, you got to uh, pay upon arrival. Some places you got to acquire the visa prior to arrival, depending on the situation in the country and where yeah. you're from. So that's good to know. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we do have to start wrapping things up, um, start packing up. We can hit the souvenir shop, gift shops before we head on back to our home airport. But before we head on back, Marcus, is there any last thing that you want to talk about or cover before we get, hop on this plane back? Um, no, I just want to say, if you do want to um, follow me on Instagram, um, my Instagram is underscore MB47 underscore. Again, that's underscore MB47 underscore. Um, any questions anybody has about, about traveling, um, specific countries, please feel free, hit me up. I, I'll be more than happy to share my experience with you. I think that's the best way for us to continue to, to expand our global imprint and just really encourage ourselves and, and family members, loved ones, friends to travel more and just get out there and expose the world for what it is, a, a beautiful place. Um, other than that, Marcus Burgess, you can, you can hit me up on Facebook. You can just reach out to me. I will give any information that I have to anybody. And I just wanna continue to push this travel movement forward. Well said, well said. And then um, also, we're going to put all that information in the description uh, box below. So when you guys, you know, you have access to him, pick his brain. He's been to like 23 states, 37 countries. He, th I think he know a thing or two about traveling, just a little bit. So you didn't want to uh, ask him whatever it is that you want to ask. He has other states and countries that we, of course, we couldn't talk about in one episode. But uh, wealth of knowledge, wealth of knowledge. So let's do that. Now we got to head on back. Uh, hopefully you guys got a lot of great information, a lot of good travel knowledge to bring back with you, some souvenirs. So on this way back, Marcus, we do have one last segment and it is called the lightning round. So with that being said, you're gonna ask, I'm going to ask a list of questions. You're going to answer them as quickly as possible. So quick, 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 quick. <laughs> Sense of urgency. And you can only use one word answers. So no sentences, no backstory, just keep it short and simple. Um, so now we are getting ready. So I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. So question number one, what is your favorite airline? Uh, Emirates. What is your favorite hotel? St. Regis. Ritz Carlton. Ritz Carlton. Ritz Carlton. Ritz Carlton. What is your favorite cruise line? Celebrity. What is your favorite state? New York. What is your favorite country? Maldives. What is your favorite hotel booking site? Marriott.com. What is your favorite flight booking site? Kayak. Uh, um, um, what is one thing that Marcus must bring with him on all of his trips? A passport. Where do you want to go next? Ghana. What other state would you live in? Texas. What other country would you live in? France. Last question. 
what is your favorite travel podcast? The Global Travel Podcast. <laughs> yes, sir. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> much appreciated, Marcus. Much appreciated. Hey, man, thank you so much for stopping by and showing us some love. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, we are arriving at our home airport. I'm going to need you guys back into your seats. Buckle up, trays up, and the seats in an upright position. So, before we land, Marcus, if you could do us one last favor, if you can just give our travelers, our listeners out there, one last piece of travel advice, what would that be? Do it. Do not be afraid. Do not make excuses. You can do it. You can travel. You can afford it. You can enjoy yourself. Get up and do it. Please go. Dedicate one trip a year. Just start there. But please, please, please do it. For your mind, body, and soul, it is, it is nourishment. Travel, travel, travel. Well said, brother. Well said. Yeah, you got to put your your body on the charger and charge up a little bit for you so you can get back to work and get working again. So, uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we are officially landed. Thank you for flying here at the Global Travel Podcast. You can now unbuckle your seatbelts, grab your belongings, and exit the cabin. With that being said, see you guys on our next trip. If you would like to be a guest on our show and tell us about your travel experiences, then leave us a comment in the comment section below so we can reach out to you. Also, if you have any countries, states, or cities that you'd like us to review, please let us know so we can plan a trip there. Lastly, if you got some good value today and liked our podcast, please hit the like button and click subscribe so you can travel with us again next time. So subscribe right now because you don't want to miss the next trip. With that being said, over and out.